Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for having me on today. Uh, most of you know that I live in Texas. Actually, I'm, I'm in East Texas, and I'm about 50 miles away from Garland, Texas. And Garland is a suburb of Dallas, and I've, I've been in Garland many times and driven through Garland many times. Uh, it's not far from me, like I said, about 50 miles away. And the other night, Sunday night, they had an act of terrorism in Garland. Islamic terrorism. Let's make it make that clear. Islamic terrorism. Two men, homegrown terrorists apparently, uh, attacked Pam Geller's conference, if you want to call it that. It was a, actually a contest to draw pictures of Muhammad, depict Muhammad, cartoons of Muhammad. And, of course, the Islamists out there claim that that is blasphemous, that any depiction of Muhammad at all, even a good depiction, uh, is the reason for putting people to death. And the President of the United States has basically come out and hadn't gone that far about putting people to death, but he's certainly come out and saying that it is absolutely wrong for anybody to commit blasphemy against the uh, Muslim religion by drawing depictions of cartoons of Muhammad. Remember when the Charlie Hebdo massacre occurred in Paris? It united people. It united Parisians to defend free speech. People from countries all over the world, governments sent representatives from their countries for a solidarity march in favor of to support free speech and freedom of expression and to say basically they're not going to surrender to terrorism. Notably absent from that march was anybody sent by the White House. There were world leaders there from Germany, from Israel, from France, from Spain. Obama wasn't there. Biden wasn't there. John Kerry wasn't there. John Kerry was in the area. He was in Europe. He was a short plane hop away. He didn't go. Instead, Obama basically came out and did not condemn the attacks that much. He said that it was wrong for people to violate the Muslim religion tenets against depicting Muhammad. So Pam Geller, and, and she's, you know, she's a character. She's uh, you know, from New York City. She's Jewish. She does not like the Muslim religion. She tries to expose it. She fought against the uh, mosque that was supposed to be built in Ground Zero, successfully, I might add. She's led a lot of fights against Muslim mosques around the country, and she tries to expose radical Islam. So she held this provocative, and it was provocative, provocative expression of free speech. But this is the United States of America. She has a right to do that. The people who attended had a right to be there. The Muslim community, the radical Islamists, did not have a right to kill them for what they were doing. Yet they tried. Well, you know, these two guys showed up with uh, semi-automatic weapons, with body armor on. In other words, they planned this. They prepared for it. And they showed up and... They managed to shoot a security guard in the foot. Thankfully, he's okay. 
but then they were taken out by one Garland police officer. An older police officer. Who, with his handgun, killed both from terrorists. Not a very successful adventure by ISIS. Although ISIS has come out and claimed responsibility for it. Well, you know, ISIS has, has got terror cells in this country. I've been warning about, on this radio show, I've been talking about this for months now, that we have identified ISIS cells across our border in Mexico, across the border from Texas and from Arizona and New Mexico and California, but particularly in Texas. In Juarez, New Mexico, I mean Juarez, Mexico, they have terrorist cells, opera cell, ISIS cells operating and this is just across the border from El Paso, where Fort Bliss is located, the second largest military installation in the United States. Fort Bliss, I can tell you, has been on a high stage of alert for months, expecting some kind of terrorist attack, expecting terrorist attacks against their the soldiers who and the families who live and work there. ISIS has called on its members to initiate such attacks against individuals, in the military in this country, they have posted the names of many and addresses of many of them. Thus far, they haven't done any attacks like that, but we can expect it to probably happen. And they're going to start going after more and more targets. They've basically been emboldened by the President of the United States and by the liberal news media here and the liberals in Congress to believe that they can get, do this and get by with it. I mean, what has been the White House response to this? Well, they finally, after a couple of days, acknowledged it was a terrorist attack, but they're not acknowledging that it was an Islamic terrorist. The way they talk about the attack, it could have been carried out by the Tea Party. They will not admit who we are fighting. Obama doesn't want to admit that, because that means he admits we're fighting his friends his friends in the Muslim Brotherhood, who have unprecedented access to the White House, who actually serve, members of the Muslim Brotherhood serve in the Department of Homeland Security. The Muslim Brotherhood, in its manifesto, which I have read, basically calls for Sharia law to be imposed on the entire world. And for anybody that resists Sharia law to be killed. In other words, what they're saying is they're they're part of the radical Islam. They're saying to the rest of the world, you will be given three choices once you take over we take over your country. Number one, you convert to Islam. Number two, if you don't convert, you have to pay a heavy tax, which will basically keep you in poverty. Number three, you can be put to death. So you convert, you die, or you pay a heavy tax, or you get exiled. I'm sorry, I messed that up all ago. Those are the three tenets. That you can be exiled, so you can convert to Islam, or die, or be taxed, or be exiled. Either way, you lose all of your freedom. And this is what the Muslim Brotherhood calls for. He calls for the caliphate. 
that will take over the world and impose Sharia law. Sharia law, of course, and under Sharia law, uh, women have absolutely no rights whatsoever. They're totally in control. In control of their husbands or brothers or fathers, whoever may be the male in their lives. And they can be killed for any reason whatsoever as long as the husband or father or brother says, well, it's an honor killing. They dishonored our family. That may be by dating a Westerner if they live in this country. That might be by wearing Western clothes. Anything that they want to call it, you can be, women can be murdered and tortured and raped in so-called honor killings. It's happening more and more frequently in this country, but you're not hearing about it. Because remember, we're not supposed to criticize the Muslim religion. We're not supposed to say anything bad about Muslims and their religion. Christianity, that's a different story. It's open season on Christians. They need to be shut down. They need to have their free speech curtailed. They need to be fined. They need to be put out of business by the government. If they don't agree with the gay agenda, for example, or if they dare to criticize the Muslim religion, or for that matter, if they dare to criticize Obama, they're going to come after you if you're a Christian or if you're Jewish. Same thing is going to happen. But if you're Muslim, well, if you're a Muslim student in a high school, for example, you can have your daily prayers. You can have a time set aside to do your daily prayers. If you're a Christian student, the same high school, you can't even hold meetings after school is out on school property, like a Bible study or something like that. Forget it. You don't have any constitutional rights under the Obama administration. Only if you're a Muslim is your freedom of religion protected. Oh, by the way, have you heard about the, the new uh, question that's being put on the exam for people who are applying for citizenship? They Basically, they list six freedoms in the question, and all six are in the Constitution, protected by the Constitution, but they ask that the people name two. Well, there's freedom of speech, the right to keep and bear arms, and then there's freedom to worship. That's not in the Constitution. Those of you that have a copy of my book about our Constitution, where I take each article, each section, each amendment of the Constitution, and put them in the way they were originally written, go look at the First Amendment. There is nothing in the First Amendment that says freedom to worship. It says freedom of religion. If you change that to freedom of worship, this is what the government's trying to do. And this is what they want immigrants in this country to understand about freedom of religion. That it's not freedom of religion, it's freedom of worship. In other words, you can go to the church you want to, and you can do whatever you want in your home, but you have no freedom of religion when it comes to outside of the home or the church. You cannot profess to be a Christian. You cannot refuse to bake cakes for gay weddings. You cannot, as a pastor, refuse to marry gay couples. You cannot criticize gay weddings. You cannot try to oppose gay weddings in your state. And, of course, we have the Supreme Court next month is going to make a decision. 
if this is the Supreme Court comes out and says that gay marriage is protected by the Constitution, then we will have lost the Constitution. There is absolutely no mention of gay marriage in the body of the Constitution or in the 14th Amendment, which is what they're using to push the gay marriage. And I'm very afraid that five of the justices are going to go along with this political correctness, and they're going to basically destroy our freedom of religion. And the Obama administration is moving to change the definition in the Constitution, change it from freedom of religion to freedom to worship. Two totally different things. Yet this is what immigrants are being taught in this country, whether here illegally or illegally. They're being taught that there is no freedom of religion. Let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. We need to remember, ladies and gentlemen, that what's coming out of the White House is not what's really happening. As I said, they acknowledge that this is an act of terrorism, but they won't mention that it's Islamic terrorism. Well, obviously it is. These were radicalized Muslims, both of these men. One of them had been under FBI surveillance for a long time, yet he still managed to acquire semi-automatic weapons, to acquire body armor, and to launch an attack on America. How could this happen? Supposedly the federal government knew about this guy. I mean, he had lied to the FBI. They knew it a few years ago when he tried to leave this country and join ISIS in Syria. They knew he was radicalized. They knew there was a possibility he might do this, but they weren't really paying any attention to him. Well, i got my own theory about that. The Department of Homeland Security is not paying any attention to anybody in this country, not serious attention, 
to anybody who may commit terrorist attacks. They're certainly not doing anything to protect our southern border. And let's face it, right now, our border is wide open and has been wide open for several years. People coming across the border include drug dealers from the Mexican drug cartels. They include terrorists from places like Yemen, Sudan, Iran, Iraq, Syria. Oh, and by the way, we have thousands of Syrians who are going to be flown into this country and settled in cities around the country. And we have the idiot mayor of Boise, Idaho, saying, Oh, this is a great thing. We're going to welcome these people. Who are these people? He doesn't know who these people are. They're Syrians. They're not being vetted. Nobody's looking at whether or not they have terrorist ties, whether or not they have ties with the Assad government, whether or not they've committed atrocities, criminal acts in the past. Nobody cares in the federal government. Nobody cares about the gang members who are coming across the border. In fact, the Border Patrol has been told, don't detain these gang members. Don't deport them. I have reports from the southern border that the Border Patrol and local authorities have been apprehending people with the gang tattoos on their face, the gang tattoos on their arms. These people have bragged about committing murders in their home countries, yet they are under direct orders from the White House to let these people go, and not only let them go, but transport them wherever they want to go in the United States. I've talked before about the fact that they get these, these little forms that are notices to appear. And these notices to appear say that sometime in the distant future, they are supposed to appear in the immigration court. They, the forms of themselves mean nothing other than the fact that if you have one of those, and I can print one out right now off of my computer, and I can forge a signature of a local federal judge or immigration judge, and I can get on a plane because that's all that's required. TSA, if they see one of those, they can't ask you for a picture ID. They can't really run your name. They don't know if your name is correct or not on the form. So they can't successfully run your name and find out if you have, you're on a terrorist watch list. Just doesn't work that way, folks. Not in the Obama administration. You can get on a plane and you can fly for free anywhere you want in the United States. So we have these people coming across our border. Homeland Security is not paying attention to who's coming across the border. They're not paying attention to who's coming in from Syria. Why? Because most of the resources, and I'm serious about this, of Homeland Security have been diverted from protecting the people of the United States against active terrorism They've been diverted to fast-tracking the 9 million illegals that Obama declared amnesty for, to fast-tracking them to citizenship so that they can get registered to vote and vote in the 2016 election. So this is not about protecting Americans. It is not about protecting American businesses or economy or our people for our children. It's about protecting the Democratic Party and their hold on the White House. 
and assisting them to take back the Senate and possibly the House by having people come in and vote who don't know anything about this country, who have no loyalty to this country or to our Constitution. As I mentioned earlier, what they're being taught about the Constitution is, in fact, wrong. Their only loyalty is going to be to the people who are feeding them, providing them with free food, free housing, free education, free medical care, free clothing, free laptop computers, free big, large screens, TVs. And that, of course, is the federal government under Obama. So their loyalty is going to be to Obama. And it's going to be true of the ones who are being asked to join the military. And Republicans are getting on board with this, some of them. They're encouraging illegals to join the military. Now, American citizens, many of who have been in the military for years, are being kicked out because of the sequestration and the cuts to our budget. Our military is down to the point right now where it is really not capable of defending this country anymore, not against any sustained attack, certainly not against the Russians and the Chinese. We can't even defend ourselves against the Iranians. I mean, and they want to bring, replace the people they're getting rid of with the illegals who have no loyalty to this country, but they will be loyal to Obama. And that's what Obama wants. He wants a military that is loyal to him. That's a page out of Adolf Hitler's playbook. You purge the military of people who support the Constitution, who support defending their nation, and you replace them with people whose only allegiance is to the dictator, to the Fuhrer, in this case, Kyle Obama. That's what he's doing. The Second Amendment to the Constitution provides us with the right to keep and bear arms. If you haven't already exercised that right, do it now. It is more important to the Obama administration to legalize and register to vote 9 million illegals in this country, people who have already broken our laws by coming here in the first place, many of whom have been released from prison, and they're still being put on the fast track to become American citizens. They were supposed to be deported under federal law to their back to their country of origin when they got out of prison. They haven't been. The Obama administration is releasing murders, murderers and rapists, child molesters, all on our country, all on our streets. All of that is more important to this administration than saving American lives, particularly in red states like Texas. Now, hadn't it been interesting that the focus of much of the news media the liberal news media, has not been on the fact that American lives were in danger in Garland, Texas, that American lives were being attacked. Because if these people had gotten into that building, they would have shot down a bunch of American citizens. The death toll could have been horrendous. A single Texas police officer stopped it. But suppose he had not been able to. 
the national news media for the most part is not concentrating on that. They are not referring to the dangers of Islamic terrorism. They are instead attacking Pam Geller and the participants of the conference, basically saying that this was all their fault, that they shouldn't have insulted the Muslim religion, shouldn't have insulted Muhammad. I mean, you know, the MSNBC's resident village idiot, Chris Matthews, basically came out and said that. He basically justified this attack. And I swear he sounded like he was really disappointed that it failed. That's where the liberals are coming from here. And that's where the Department of Homeland Security is coming from. We need to remember that according to DHS and to President Obama, the primary terrorist threat to America comes not from radical Islam, not from the jihadists, but from U.S. military veterans, from supporters of the Second Amendment, and other right-wing extremists. Now, what classifies you as a right-wing extremist? Well, I fall into all the categories. If you support the right to life and oppose abortion, you're a right-wing extremist, and you're on the potential domestic terrorism list. If you believe in the Second Amendment, if you believe in what they refer to as excessive liberties, in other words, if you believe in the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights, to them that's excessive liberties. Those are the liberties they want to take away from us. If you at one time had a Ron Paul bumper sticker on your, your car, that qualified you to be on the a terrorist watch list. If you believe in free market capitalism, you get put on the domestic terrorist watch list. So you have DHS that says, and again, the primary threat they have on that list, the number one threat is not Islamic terrorism, is not ISIS, is not Al-Qaeda, in fact, they're not on the list at all. And certainly not the Muslim Brotherhood's not on that list. But the primary threat, the top one listed, is me because I'm a military veteran. So the response right now is to go after you as military veterans, to disarm us, to marginalize us, to kill us off at the VA if they can, and let the Islamic terrorists be emboldened and run, run rampant. Now today ISIS posted on a website or on a Twitter account that they have 71 soldiers in this country who are ready, 25 of them are ready to strike at any time. And they, they listed five states where they say these soldiers are, but they're also in other states. And, of course, states like Michigan, which is full of Somalis and other Muslims, places like Dearborn, Michigan, have been totally taken over by the Islamic radicals. I mean, if you're a Christian in Dearborn, Michigan, forget it. You have no freedom of speech. You have no freedom of religion. You know, you're, you're going to be harassed. And you certainly can't oppose anything that the government does there because the government's in the hands of the Muslims. California's on the list. Doesn't surprise me. The 
southern border of California is wide open. So anybody can come across the border. So these may be homegrown terrorists or they may be plants. We'll talk more after the second break. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, the fact that we're being ignored by our own government, that we're not being protected, is problematic to say the least. The fact that they are focusing on disarming us instead of defending us. So what do we do? You exercise your rights under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. If you don't have a firearm, get one. Get a powerful handgun or a powerful rifle. Or maybe both. If you have those, go out and pursue if you can find it, get additional ammunition. If you haven't already trained, go and get trained at a gun range. Fire your weapon. Sight them in. In other words, get ready to defend yourselves. Get ready to defend your family, your property, and do what is necessary. It's time to lock and load people. Not just against the terrorists, but against the looters. I mean, look what just happened in Baltimore. The mayor of Baltimore gives a green light to people to destroy property. And they did it. She says, basically, we're going to pull back the police and give people space to destroy. So they destroyed. And then they're basically not held accountable for that. Some were arrested, but will they actually be held accountable? No, because the city prosecutor in Baltimore has got one goal in mind, to further her own political career by going after these six police officers. 
I don't know what happened in Baltimore. I do know that, again, the victim here is being touted as a heroic, clean-cut young man who actually had 22 arrests on his record, who could very well have self-inflicted injuries on himself while he was in the police cut van. I don't know. I'm not sure we'll ever know, and that's what, what frightens me here, is these six officers have been charged, up to and included, including second-degree murder. Oh, and by the way, were you as surprised as I was when the pictures of the six officers appeared finally? I mean, we've been told for a week while all this was going on, while the rioting was happening, while the National Guard was called in, well businesses, locally owned businesses in this neighborhood were being burned. We were told that this was because of racism and the racist attitude of the cops. Well, to begin with, the majority of the police officers in Baltimore are black. What we were not told until the indictments were handed down is that three of the six officers, including the highest ranking officer, a lieutenant, she was, she was black and she was female. So where's the racism here? Yeah, they can indict the police and say the police overreacted or they did something wrong. If they can prove it, fine. Then they need to be punished. But the idea that they indict all policemen throughout the United States, which is what the Obama administration is doing, they're indicting all police throughout the United States. The basics are saying you're all bad, he declared open season on cops. I mean, right after this happens, another New York City police officer is shot and killed. The point being that our police are under attack, and they are being pushed to the point where they are afraid to act. Unfortunately, we had a police officer in Garland, Texas, the other night that was not afraid to act. He didn't stop to consider the consequences of what he was doing. He didn't stop to think about, well, am I going to be indicted for this? What color are these two guys? Are they, are they black? Uh, they're Muslims. So am I going to be accused of a hate crime? What's going to happen here? No, he acted. He protected his town and the people in that meeting. But there are a lot of cops out there who may be reluctant to do the same thing, particularly in places like Baltimore. I mean, this city attorney, this woman came out and basically tried and convicted these men right there in front in public in her speech. You talk about a conflict of interest. One of the guys who is a friend of his and or hers and been a big political supporter, giving her money for her campaign. He is the attorney for the Gray family. Obviously, they want to win a big civil lawsuit, a big settlement against the city. She will help them do that by trying to convict these officers. Doesn't matter if they're innocent or guilty. Doesn't matter what the facts are. She wants a conviction because she'll probably get a kickback. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This, this woman is illegitimate. I think she's totally corrupt. And I think she's in this just for herself. 
I'm getting fed up with people like that. I'm getting fed up with the attack on our police officers. And right here in Texas, the city of Fort Worth, they have partnered with the federal government to try to improve community relations. All that means is you let the federal government take over the operation of your police force, your local police force. Now, fortunately, we have a group out there of professionals who's resisting this. It's the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. I am one of their legal advisors. I work with them. Back a year ago, January, they signed a number of them. We're talking about sheriffs from around the country, police chiefs, individual officers, and I signed also a declaration that, number one, they will not enforce unconstitutional laws in their counties. And this includes laws to confiscate guns, to prohibit firearms ownership, laws that violate the Fourth and Fifth Amendment to the Constitution, laws that violate freedom of religion. They will not support those, enforce those laws in their counties. And further, they will not allow the federal government to come in and enforce them. That's a collision course with the Obama administration. But that's what it's going to take. Because right now we are not being protected by our federal government. We are being made vulnerable by that government. So what I'm telling you is prepare to protect yourself. Prepare to protect your home, your property, your family, against looters, against domestic terrorists, and against foreign terrorists. Know who these people are. I mean, right now we have the liberal media touting how important it is that the gangs in Baltimore have come together to support the community. I mean, we had the president of city council standing there with these gang members. Now, these gang members, the Crips and the, the Bloods, they try to kill each other. They want to control the drug trade. They kill police officers. In fact, there's rumors out there that they have come together to do just that, to coordinate the killing of police officers around the country. These groups are in cities all over the country. And now all of a sudden they've been legitimized. These are criminals. These people are drug dealers. They are robbers. They are thieves. They are murderers. And now all of a sudden they're being canonized by the liberals in this country. And they're being given the opportunity to increase their power. So be prepared to protect yourself against them. Exercise the Second Amendment to the Constitution. I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, that we are approaching the situation where anything can happen. We can get hit with the EMP, EMP attack, EMP attack. We could lose our power grids. We could be put in a situation where you won't have access to money, you won't have access to your bank accounts, you won't have access to anything that you need unless you're prepared in advance for the possibility. I mean, you know, a year ago, in last April, there was a coordinated assault, military-style assault, on one of the 
nuclear power plants in California. They basically shut down the plant for a couple of hours. These people came in through underground tunnels. They launched an all-out assault, and they were successful in, in doing it. Now, suppose that happens simultaneously to five or six power plants strategically located, located around this country. That would be like an electromagnetic pulse, an EMP attack. It could shut down our power grids not just for months, not just for weeks, but for months or even years. Millions of people in this country will die. You talk about the lawlessness running amok now. Wait till that happens, particularly if you live in the city. So I know I'm, you know, the liberals right now, I would probably sound like a nutcase, you know, one of these Second Amendment supporting freaks who uh, believes in all kinds of conspiracy theories. Well, this is not a conspiracy. This is what's happening. We have ISIS cells across our southern border. We have ISIS cells inside the United States. We have ISIS sympathizers inside the United States. We have a federal government that doesn't care about protecting American citizens, either our lives or our property. In fact, I'm beginning to think that the more chaos there is, the better they like it. And the more likely we're going to see Obama at some point impose martial law on this country and maybe even suspend our 2016 elections. This man is capable, and he's shown himself to be capable of anything. So get ready to lock and load. Get ready to be prepared. And we also are facing foreign threats, not just from terrorists, but the Iranians. And now the United States Senate is about to cave in to Obama on the Iranian deal. This deal that they're proposing with Iran is an international treaty. It falls directly under all definitions of international treaties. And under the Constitution of the United States, any international treaty cannot be enforced, even if signed by the president or his representative, unless it is ratified by two-thirds vote in the Senate. Now, that's the Constitution. That's the law. That means if this treaty is signed by Obama or John Kerry or both, it cannot go into effect, it cannot be enforced unless the Senate ratifies it. What's happening? Well, a great show of bipartisanship. The Republicans are caving in. They're not saying he must bring this treaty to us for a two-thirds vote or we will sue. They're not threatening with that. What they're saying is Mitch McConnell has gotten together with Harry Reid and basically saying, well, what we're going to do is we're going to pass this squishy resolution on the wrong. And let's take our final break and then we'll talk more about that. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. 
Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So basically, what the Senate is about to do under Republican leadership is pass this, what I would call a squishy resolution or bill, saying basically that we will be allowed to look at the agreement for 30 days once it is signed by Obama, and then we can vote to stop Obama from doing it, but he doesn't have to listen to us. It would be a symbolic vote. He can go ahead and do it anyway. The Republicans in the Senate are abrogating their responsibility to represent us, the people of the states they represent. They're caving in if this is allowed to go through. It's unbelievable. Now, if they pass something like this, Obama will just veto it. Or it may go along with it if it doesn't do anything and stop what he wants. And apparently it won't. If he vetoes it, they won't have the votes to override it. If he lets it go through, it'll be, be meaningless. Iran will get what it wants, a nuclear weapon. Obama will get what he wants, another Muslim threat to the United States. When all the Republicans have to do is stand up and say, we have a constitutional obligation to vote on this treaty. We have a constitutional obligation to our constituents, to the states we represent, and we will sue to enforce that. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Justice Foundation will be right in the thick of it. Any senator that wants to come forward... We will represent you. We will assist you. We'll do whatever you ask for us to do. To finally assert the powers of the United States Senate. This should have been done when Obama first took office and started appointing czars. Because the Constitution requires that any presidential appointments have to be approved by a majority of the Senate. Unless the Senate specifically says they don't want to be approved. No, Obama appointed 45 czars, independent heads of independent agencies, 
not under the supervision of the Congress. These are people that are being appointed without Senate confirmation. And no member of the Senate stepped forward and said, look, I am obligated under the Constitution to vote on these people. And therefore, I am going to sue to force Obama to allow us to vote. Didn't happen. That doesn't make me hopeful that we're going to get anybody step forward right now. But that's what needs to be done. We have to quit playing patty cake with this man and his administration and the left-wing media and the left-wingers in our government. They don't believe in the Constitution. They've taken an oath of office similar to mine to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, but they don't believe in that oath. They violate that oath. That is a federal crime. They do it on a daily basis, a lot of them, and nothing's happening to them. So this deal with Iran is going to be extremely dangerous to the rest of the world and to us. If they get nuclear weapons, they're already negotiating with the uh, Russians and also with the North Koreans to get their hands on long-range missiles. We will be vulnerable to a nuclear attack. If they don't do it that way, they'll give a nuclear bomb to terrorist groups to smuggle into this country. Are we playing hardball with Iran? Heck no. Where's our ship? Remember last week a ship registered in the Marshall Islands was in open waters, international waters, was fired at by an Iranian vessel and then boarded by the Iranian vessel and the, the crew of the Iranian vessel and taken off towards Iran. In other words, it was an act of piracy. The ship was registered to Marshall Islands. Now, why does that make me say it's our ship? Because when we, the Marshall Islands were U.S. territory for a long time. And then not long ago, they were granted their independence. But an agreement was signed with the Marshall Islands saying that they would be un, uh, the protector of the United States, that we would protect their ships, we would protect their territory, we would protect their freedoms. Did we do that? No, we sent a destroyer to monitor the ship. Where's the ship? Has anybody even talked about this in the last few days? Where's the ship? Where's the crew? What's going on? The complete surrender of our sovereignty and one of one of our allies complete surrender to the Iranians. It's unfortunate that we are going to have to have the U.S. Senate sue to protect the rights of the obligations granted in the Constitution of the United States. It's sad that we are not being defended by our own federal government. And I'm going to be posting a new article probably tonight, or if not tomorrow, on my blog at www.michaelconnolly.jigsy.com. And it's basically, the title of the article is, It's Islamic Terrorism, Stupid. It points out a lot of what I've said here today. I'd like to get that, you to help me disseminate that article all over the, the country. 
post it on websites. Let's get it out. Let's let people know what's happening here and know how dangerous this is for our country. You can also go to that website, Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y.jigsy.com, and you can find out how to order copies of my books. And that includes the book about my dad's unit during World War II, which has become a bestseller. And by the way, if you read that book and you liked it, please go on Amazon and, and rate it and make a comment about it, because all of a sudden, you know, the liberals had already discovered my book, patriotic book, Amigaly, The Story of America, and launched all kinds of vicious attacks on it. Well, now they've launched apparently more subtle attacks on the Mortimer. And basically they're saying it's dull, you know, it's, it's, they did, did not know that I was not the Michael Connolly who writes some mysteries, but that clearly is stated in, in the website. But in any case, if you, you like this the book, please go on there and read it for me. But if you want to order copies of that book, you want to order copies of my booklet on the Constitution, you can go on my website and do so. And that helps support me and support my blog. And you can also go to the United States Justice Foundation website at usjf.net. We can read the articles that I post on my website. Also go on that, that website. And you can find out how to donate to us to help us fight to defend our veterans in this country, help us fight to defend uh, people in this country who are losing their constitutional rights, all of which we do for free. We do not charge the veterans of their families or anybody else we represent a penny. We raise our money independently. We have a very small staff. None of us get paid a whole lot of money. We concentrate most of our money on going into fighting for the Constitution and continuously fighting for the Constitution. So please go to usjf.net and donate to us and... Uh, help us out. If you'd like to order copies of my books, I'd appreciate that too. And by the way, if you want copies of our Constitution, you can go to the other website of my personal uh, nonprofit, the Constitutional Law Alliance, and you can find out how to order multiple copies of the booklet. If you're ordering them for, to give it to school children, contact me directly and I will help you get a special price. But there's discounts for multiple orders, but we give an even deeper discount for orders going to schools. So go to www.constitution.jigsy.com or you can email me at michael at usjfmail.net. Michael at usjfmail.net. If you're a veteran and need help, you contact me there. By the way, one more thing before I go, and this is personal me, and that's this Eric Shepard Challenge. Have you heard about that? That's this guy in Georgia who this police were looking for because he was involved in a protest and desecrated the American flag, and he took off running when they looked at his backpack and found a, a pistol in there. So to support him and defend him, they have this Eric Shepard, Shepard challenge on Twitter, and they shows people stomping on the American flag, cursing America, and uh, you can guess who most of these people are. They're cursing America. And they're stomping on the American flag. You know, the, the usual far-left activists on the college campuses are the ones who are the little Obama bots and don't know any, anything, don't want to know anything. But there has been some veterans who come out and said, we're not going to tolerate this. 
let me put in my personal account, and then I'll have to part company with you for this week. If I see you, whoever you are, desecrating my flag, the flag of the United States of America, the stars and stripes, I am coming after you. You stomp on my flag, I stomp on you. And that will be my freedom of expression. But just remember that if you try to do it somewhere where I'm going to see it. I think people that do that are the lowest form of trash in this country. Enough said. Thank you for tuning in today. I look forward to talking to you again next week. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.